0: Injured in a car accident, we cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery
1: above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs.
0: If another lawyer wants more,
1: lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Let's go into the night with Rick Balloon on 1010XL, 10, 10 92.5 FM.
0: Right. high stakes football right here in Duval. My goodness, there's no other place I would rather be than right here in the studio. 1010XL at 92.5 FM. What an unbelievable time of year. First couple of days of January. I mean, you win, you're in. It's as simple as that. Yet, there really doesn't feel like there's any threat whatsoever with Tennessee coming here this particular now. Saturday night. How about a Saturday night game? Yeah, one less day uh, to prepare. And that was always something that was going to favor Tennessee anyway because, of course, they played a week ago Thursday. But this Tennessee team is dead, okay? They have quit. They are the worst offensive team in the NFL. They are injured, and there's no spark whatsoever. Um, You saw what Jacksonville did this weekend against against Houston, 31-3. I told you all a week ago that the Texans would absolutely smash Tennessee. And we know what happened in that particular game and calling off the dogs or doing whatever it is that you want to say. Or I guess that was actually uh, the week prior uh, to that. Are you kidding me? It doesn't matter what time I go on, whether it's uh, 3, 6, or 8. The second my show starts, I get text after text phone blowing up. I almost wonder if people do it to try to see if they can rattle me, try to see if they can <laughs> to be fair, find a way.
2: Is, uh, you're usually off at 8 o'clock, So maybe they're thinking this is a normal night. You would just now be getting off. Your he, father maybe?
0: No, it's not my dad. Okay. Uh this is uh you know, this is someone else. Uh <laughs> you know, who doesn't normally do it to or to or, or for me, but it's just Here's the deal. I'm freaking available 22 hours a day. I mean, I really am. And for anyone who's ever reached out to me, they know that I'm not one of those jackasses who doesn't respond, whether it's email or text or anything on social media. Regardless of who you are, regardless of your standing – I almost always immediately return. It's just the way that I've been raised. It's respect. Because for those of you out there in the business world, maybe the sales world, there's nothing worse than being ignored, right? If you send a text, you send an email, you send something on social media, you're expecting a response. To get ghosted, I think, is the worst possible thing that can happen. As far as I'm concerned, I would much rather be told go jump in a lake, I don't like you, I'm not going to ever support you, I don't want my business to to, to be associate. We would much rather hear that than to be ignored. But I'm telling you, J.J., no matter what time I go on the radio, I start hearing from people all over the place, whether it's at 6 o'clock four nights a week, 8 o'clock tonight, How about 8 a.m. Sunday morning when I was in here on New Year's Day and also during the fall when we do our shows on the a.m. beginning at 3 o'clock? And I'm
2: assuming it's not anything life-threatening. It's probably not the most serious text of all time. No,
0: absolutely not. But it's enough to, uh,
2: I don't know. Annoy you, I see.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it just uh, anyway. I mean, like, like a tea time text. One is actually. Oh, see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you know, I mean, people who know me or listen to me, they don't play golf with me. I mean, I play golf only with people who have no idea what I do, and I kind of like it uh, that way. It 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 makes a great deal of sense. You know what I need to do? I need to take the phone from out of my back pocket and put it in my backpack until I get done with the opening segment and then check it at that particular time and then carry through with the program. You think that makes some sense? See, we learn every day. Tomorrow will be my 30th year in radio. It took me 30 years to realize that I need to do that so I don't get freaked out right at the top part of the program.
2: When did you first get a cell phone? I like got you one. You had in, a cell phone the entire time you worked in radio. I find that hard. to play. No, I
0: got it in year two, nineteen ninety. Oh, okay. Late ninety four, early guy. Nineteen ninety five. Bro, they were those huge. Yeah. Those things weighed like five, six, seven pounds.
2: Like they the were, car you, phone.
0: They were the size of my forearm. Mm-hmm. They they were huge, and I want to say I got it either in late ninety four or. Early, midway through wow. 1995.
2: Okay, I wasn't expecting that. Well, we had
0: a deal with the radio station.
2: Oh. You know I what see. I mean? It was,
0: it was one of those sponsored deals where I think it, and, and back then you only got like certain amount of minutes. You know, you had to be like, hey, I got to go. Oh, yeah, That and was
2: you, even with like, you know, 20 years, 15 years later. It was
0: right. Like but it. I mean, I couldn't pick up the phone and call, pick up the cell phone and, and call my parents uh, who at the time were in Boston. Oh. It would, co- it would it cost, yeah, only. oh my God, it would cost way too much money.
2: Yeah. And it's like no one's even, no one else even has a cell phone.
0: Right, well, you could, <laughs> you could call on landlines yeah. and do all that. Yeah, I, I. you know, I. before I came over here in 96, I still had a local phone, you know, in my apartment. And I was kind of like, I'm living by myself uh, because my, anyway, the, who cares about my personal life? <laughs> but I was in an apartment. And I had a cell phone, but it was just me at the time in an apartment, and I was kind of like, "Why do you need a landline?" But back then, it would be like so out of the ordinary you been
2: like a drug dealer to something.
0: put your whole life on just yeah. a cellular telephone. I mean no, no- I couldn't
2: even imagine having a yeah. landline.
0: no one did it back then, absolutely
2: um no one did so
0: anyway, i right. um where was I the jaguars and you know. Today's been a very interesting day for me. It's been one that obviously is set on a tremendous amount of emotion uh, with sports fans. And obviously, I'm going to get into uh, the two stories that, that really uh, set us back over the weekend. Story number one with Uche Winare is, is just devastating. 38 years of age. Um, so much respect for Uche Winare, he, he was a friend of the radio station. I know a couple of us got with him, uh, you know, every once in a while. Uh, we just had Uche Winari on our show a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, I remember him vividly telling us before the Cam Robinson injury that he did not think that the left tackle was playing well. He was concerned about the left side of the line, obviously, with the injury earlier in the year. Uh, To Ben Barch, But, you know, Uche Winari I told the story on Twitter And uh, Facebook That I remember last year Okay And I know it's hard for you folks To remember this But it's true, okay When Urban Meyer was hired Almost everyone was giddy Almost everyone Thought it was going to work And, you know, I understand that When it comes to fans, you can be wrong, and that's fine. No one's ever going to care. You're a fan, and you're – I mean, how many times do you fire a player, fire a coach throughout the course of a game? All you people out there wanted to fire Trent Bulky five weeks ago. I wanted to fire Trent Bulky five weeks ago. Six or seven weeks ago, you people were blowing up my phone and blowing up this text line telling me that Trevor Lawrence isn't a generational talent and is going to be a bust. That's what happens – with fandom, and it happens all over the place, college and pro. I'm sure Georgia fans in the third quarter were saying that Stetson Bennett sucks and get him the hell out of the game and what's going on now with Georgia. That's just the way that that we are wired, okay? On the flip side of all of that is the media, and so many of us in the media hate to admit that we were wrong. I'll be the first person to tell you that I was 100% in on Urban Meyer. Okay, Because I was really connected uh, with an incredible source who was so close to that situation and some texts that I was shown and the time of those texts and the energy that was coming from Urban Meyer, he had all of us fooled. Well, the late now, Uche Winare, remember bringing him on in August, even before the preseason games began. He said, that's not going to work. That is going to end up being... A disaster. And Uche Winari nailed that. And again, there was only a few out there. Now, today, I'm sure all you can do is just open your ears. And people say, oh, I said all along it wouldn't work with Urban Meyer. Those people, most of them are liars now. Okay? They really are. They're liars. Again, my colleagues here, the media here in town, certainly the fans here in town, most of you thought it was going to work. Uche Winari, to me, was probably the biggest exception of the rule that I am aware of. Are you aware of anyone else that was as outspoken as Winare when it came um, to it's not going to work with herbs?
2: Locally, I can't think of any, but not saying that there wasn't. I just honestly can't think of any locally. But nationally, uh, I would say the majority of people nationally, players, former players, were anti-Herbs. They they didn't think it was going to work. Well, there was, was a lot of that. Just like any college guy right. who comes in, they're not with that.
0: I remember being on the field. I uh, was a sideline reporter, and Miles Garrett wasn't playing. Uh, Malik Jackson wasn't playing. Cleveland was in town, and I did a show here on 1010 10 XL and 92.5 FM probably four or five years ago when I was doing afternoons, midday chalk with Malik Jackson, and you know I was just kind of reminiscing with him during pregame, and I said, "Man, you got the day off. You're not playing." He goes, "Yeah, we don't have a college coach," and they laughed about it. Miles Miles Garrett. You know, was right next to him and, and kind of laughed about it. And, you know, if I only knew then what I knew now. But anyway, just getting back to, to Winare, he said it. And I remember going against him, okay? Because I, again, I bought in uh, to Urban Meyer. The same Uche Winare gushed about Doug Peterson. And every time that we brought him on this year, it felt more and more and more like he was expecting this thing to take a turn for the better, and it was taking a turn for the better. The only question that he had, or only disappointment that he had, and I know it's unfortunate now because Cam Robinson is gone for the rest of the year, he was not a big fan of the re-signing of Cam. Hey, I wouldn't have re-signed Cam. That's another one I'll admit. I wouldn't have re-signed him. I wouldn't re-sign Juwan Taylor this year. I'm not paying that amount of money for, in my opinion, average to below average Tackles, All right. Was I wrong on Cam? Hopefully. I mean, hopefully, absolutely. you know, I, I, I hope that he's a solid left tackle for years to come. If they re-sign Juwan Taylor, you know, I'm, I'm going to pull for him. I, I, I'm not one of those who I'm so sold on my opinion that I'm going to do everything that I can to hope that it comes right to the expense of of this city and this fan base. No, 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 no. Have never been that way. I, li- I have no problem admitting uh, when I am wrong. But Uche Winare, my gosh, where did this come from? 38 years of age. Now, I got back in 06. He was drafted here out of Purdue in 07. He was always a very interesting dude. In- you know, incredibly outspoken when it came to social issues, racial issues, he was much more than a football player. He was a very educated, well-thought-out young man, whether you agree or disagree with his points of view, man, he put thought into it, and he made you really listen to what he was trying to say. Obviously, on here, when we would do interviews and we would have conversations, it was 100% Sports, But if you followed him on social media, whether it was politically speaking, socially speaking, he absolutely had a point of view. And I'm not going to get into any of those issues because that's not what this show is about. But I, I think along the way, and that this would apply to anyone who has an opinion like that with uh, those particular topics, you're going to gather a large fan base. You're also going to incite those who disagree with you uh, to the point where I'm sure he lost followers or had people go back and forth with him. Another thing that I have learned here since his passing is he was incredibly interactive with Jaguar fans on more than just Jaguar football, probably on a lot of those issues that I mentioned, because if you did follow him and I did on Twitter, and I did on Facebook, and and he followed me as well. I would see that stuff quite a bit. Again, I use Twitter, one hundred percent for sports only. Okay, you can't find anything on there outside of. What about uh,
2: snake picks? Uh,
0: the classic rock uh, that I uh, yeah, I'll put a snake pick on yeah, there. Yeah, you will. But the snake pick is usually when I'm on a golf
2: course. Which so it's sport. It,
0: yeah, right. And Fair. isn't um. I don't know, isn't... uh,
2: Wildlife wrangling, is that a sport? I I think
0: it is, (laughs) nowadays. But, you know, I'm just really sad about this for Uche Winari. His name, by the way, Uche, he's from, you know, his family from Nigeria. Uh, The name Uche means God's wish. And, man, he's gone at 38. It's just incredible. It really is. It's so sad. And, yeah, I don't even know what else to say. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I was great friends with Uche Winari. I wasn't. He was a contact. He was a guy that would come on this radio show. He was a guy that, you know, this happens probably more than, than I think listeners understand that for many of us who do what I do, we talk with people, whether it's a text or things like that, Uh, more than just when we have them on the radio show, if that makes any sense. There's people that I speak with uh, on a weekly basis, or if not, you know, every 10 days, uh, certainly during the football season, who I almost never have on the show, but they're just people that I go back and forth with over things that honestly mean most to me. Okay, what means most to me? Well, Florida State, what means most to me? Jacksonville all right in uh, a lot of those comments are off the record a lot of those comments are okay you can use it but don't say it came from me uh, I had that type of relationship as well with Uche Winare uh, but anyway I just um, I, I feel awful about what has happened there all right we got a lot to do tonight I you know as far as the Hamlin is concerned I have some thoughts here on it. I, I know that it is eight o'clock now, and this is probably tiresome uh, for for many because it's been a story now that has you know just gone on for for twenty four consecutive hours. Uh, but I still want to offer up my opinion. Um, I, I want to come out with that here on the other side of our first break and express uh, what it is and and how I feel about this. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity yourself to voice your opinion. But I also, and I'm trying to say this in a respectful way, I also want to move forward here. This is a, this is a big, big week. This is a huge week. I think Jacksonville is going to kick the living snot out of Tennessee. Okay? And I understand that when you say something like that, you're going to get all sorts of people's reaction. Most have agreed, like the tweet. Others believe I'm trolling the local fan base, okay, which, which I just love. I have been called today, and uh, for the record, I have been called everything and anything you can ever be called as a human being until today. On Twitter, I was actually called. Are you ready for this one? A Titans fan, okay? <laughs> that's just like, I mean, you keep, I mean, that's like a total badge of honor. Who the hell out there really thinks that I am a Tennessee Titans fan? But the importance of this game is enormous. Folks, I'm telling you right now, they're going to win this game by at least 17 points. You need to be enjoying every moment. Don't give me this, I can't wait till Saturday night. Enjoy Tuesday night. Enjoy Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Enjoy all day Saturday with the tailgate party and, and everything else that's going on. This is going to be absolutely positively demolition on Saturday night at the hands of Tennessee by your Jaguars. Don't walk around with a chip on your shoulder. Don't walk around acting as if it's not going to happen. Enjoy all of the moments leading up to the game, and then you'll love the game that much more. All right, we got plenty to do tonight. Alongside JJ, my name is Rick Ballew. A Tuesday edition. This is Into the Night.
1: Into the Night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: Got a beautiful night out for the ladies taking the Phillips Highway stroll. Be careful! They had a sting out there a few weeks ago. Some of you Johns, you got your name and your picture in the newspaper.
2: Congrats!
0: Kind of miss the newspaper. I do. I, you know, I, I, I say it often. I still read books. I, screw the Kindle.
2: Same. Also, after you finish a Kindle book, you can't, like, stack it up and show off to everyone that comes in your house that you just finished a book. Right.
0: I mean, I got a library. My office is my library with probably 1,500 hardcover books that I've read. And, you know, there's something about that feeling at about 2.30 a.m. when that book smacks me right on the nose.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Knowing that it's time to go to bed. Um
0: do you stack Kindles that way when you
2: just I'm got done sure. finished do, do you stack all? I don't know how it works. My brother used to use a Kindle but he would also buy the physical copy just to show off to be like oh. hey, I read. That's, that's a real life person did that, yes. To show off. <laughs> like I read this. That is greatest. Um did you guys have in Ocala this was very popular and I'm sure it wasn't Jacksonville. They've since outlawed them I believe, but they had at most gas stations, when you would check out right at the counter, it was like a mugshots of Ocala. It was called M- Ocala mugshots. Yeah, I think they used to have that. Yeah, and so like, uh, you know, you would make the Ocala mugshots like, oh, here you, I, here you are, Steve. <laughs> I see you in here again. But it was always prostitution related. Yeah, I remember no, that. It was like everything, and they would mm-hmm. just pick out like the most silly or terrible faces and put them on the cover. You know what's great about
0: prostitution stings is they'll say <laughs> fifteen people were caught, including a local doctor and yeah. lawyer. They always highlight like the uh, the, the proud
2: gigs. They're you know what like, I mean? You know, construction worker or yeah. gas so, station. Anyway, be careful out there, people. We we do. We we care about you.
0: I don't think there's any question about it. All right, let's discuss last night. We've never seen anything like it. Everyone's got an opinion. I do as well. Um, you know, Demar Hamlin goes down, and all uh and you know I'll be honest with you at the time I had the game up, but I didn't have volume, okay, and it I don't know why that was I just watched the Rose Bowl and um you know i I was kind we had gone grabbed something to eat and came back and getting ready to settle, and I knew it was going to be a good game, so I had my eye on it, but I had watch so much football you know over the vacation and and uh and what have you so and then all of a sudden I'm like whoa what happened here and I I noticed the replay and obviously started to to uh to pay attention and the first thing I want to say is this there's a lot of finger pointing going on and I believe that for the most part Yes, there is people to blame, and I'm going to get there in a moment. As far as I'm concerned, the one to blame here is is Roger Goodell, okay? But I will get there momentarily. But let's be honest about this. We've never seen anything like it. We've seen major injuries, okay? Significant injuries where guys get carted off the field. We've seen concussions. Um, I grew up in Boston, where Daryl Stingley, Got hit by Jack Tatum and was paralyzed. We've seen other players go down who were paralyzed, and the games continued. And so th- this became really a first. Again, it was a precedent-setting situation. We have never seen anything like this in the history of the game, where the guy fell that, or I shouldn't say the guy, Damar Hamlin, who we understand is uh, you know doing better, and 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 that is certainly you know, the best that you can hope for uh, right now. What what became disturbing to me was when Joe Buck's like, all right, we're told that in five minutes they are going to begin to warm up and that the game is going to continue. Ever since that point, that is where this has become classic American BS, okay? you're talking about a multi-billion dollar company that did not know what to do during a moment of crisis. Joe Buck is not going to go on ESPN with Troy Aikman and say that they're going to warm up and they're going to resume playing in five minutes unless he has been sourced. And ESPN Today totally backed this information. They got the information, according to ESPN, from. The constant communication that they have with someone in the NFL and also from the field, meaning the referees. Let's eliminate the referees right now. They have a job to do, and that is to referee a game. They don't have the power to say this game is over because what has happened to a player on the field. That comes from above. So... Let's just eliminate that part of the conversation right now, okay? Um, Troy Vincent, it happened at like one a m last night. he He finally went on and and did a conference call and totally disputed what Joe Buck said. he He doesn't know where that information came from. He said that it was flat out wrong. I mean, as a matter of fact, if you read between the lines, he's calling ESPN and what Joe Buck said. Is nothing short of a complete, total lie, okay? So now all of a sudden, here we have this tragedy in the middle of a football game, you know, early in a football game, and this is so political, this is so big business, where once again, somehow, somewhere, we have grown-ass men lying, lying to you. Lying to me, okay? We all love football. We love the additional 17th game. We all love football. We love the additional two wild card games we're going to get this year. One in the AFC and one in the NFC. When problems happen, everyone hides, okay? The, and, and I got to credit Mike Silver here. Mike Silver is a longtime NFL writer and... You know, I I, I don't believe at all that this is a guy that would just throw something out there for the sake of trying to make people uh, follow him or to give him credit. This is the tweet from Michael Silver. Quote, I've talked to enough people involved, and this is how it went down. The NFL's first impulse was to keep playing. Joe Burrow was told to warm up. That was the plan. And the players and the coaches said no and walked off. That's the story that we keep hearing. Now, just like when we have major court cases, just like when we have major battles in our government, just like anything that comes down to stuff like this, you and I both know people are going to lie. No one is ever going to come out and say, listen, we freaked out, we went through the normal protocol. We didn't know what we were supposed to do. This game is and was of of major significance. It's, you know, for the top overall seed right there with Kansas City in the AFC. And they're looking at the billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. Where's Roger Goodell during this? I mean. I was so outspoken about him during the offseason where this guy passed the buck time and again on Deshaun Watson. He refused to stand up. He refused to do his job. He went from point A to point B without saying a thing. He kept bringing in, you know, former judge here, former judge there. You make the decision. Where's Roger Goodell? Why did it take one hour and five minutes to call off this game? Why did he send out Troy Vincent to talk to the media? You know, I spent Monday, earlier in the day, watching the hockey game outside of Fenway Park between the Boston Bruins and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I was so pissed because I, I, I was on the NFL Network at like noon for a 2 o'clock drop of the puck. They didn't end up dropping the puck. It was such a dog and pony show. They didn't drop the puck until like 2.40, Okay. But Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, is sitting there telling the, the NHL network that he's always on the clock, that his job is so bright, he's got so many things he's got to handle. These commissioners in college and in the NFL, they sell you on the fact that they work so hard. What in God's name do they do? What in the hell did Roger Goodell do last night? He is a commissioner of the NFL. It took him an hour and five minutes, the whole world. Outside of Skip Bayless, did anyone say play the game? Okay? I mean, maybe some nobodies out there, but did you see one member of the media? Did you see one current player, one former player, one former coach? Anyone who means anything in the NFL did one individual last night on social media said, "Resume play." no, it was anonymous. I mean excuse me, it was absolutely one hundred percent cancel the game, call off the game and for one reason or another, man, it took an hour and five minutes, and Roger Goodell released a written statement and wasn't even around to answer the questions. So I'm more concerned about the leadership of the NFL. And I've never been a Roger Goodell uh, hater. Like, by the way, I dislike Gary Bettman a hell of a lot more than I do Roger Goodell. Okay? I think what Gary Bettman has done to the NHL, he destroyed that game. He allowed a streak. He took it off ESPN. Uh, the way that they handled fighting. you got guys that are getting hurt now in the NHL because they're using sticks as weapons. You have no more goonery. You have no more henchmen. You no longer have guys that defend the great players. You have four lines who could skate. You have the softness and the finesse coming over from Sweden and Finland and Russia and all. And So the game's not nearly as good as it once was. It's still great, but it's not as good as it once was. Gary Bettman ruined it. Roger Goodell hasn't ruined the NFL, but he talks out of both sides of his mouth. They tell us that they want to fix the game. They want to make it safer. And he doesn't call it off? They add extra games? How how does that work? And every single one of these owners supports it because they make more and more and more and more money. It was an awful night for the National Football League, really an embarrassment for the National Football League. They should have been aware of something like this. What There should have been a what if, a worst-case scenario what if. And the what if happened last night, and they couldn't have handled it any worse. There are people who honestly do believe that if Zach Taylor did not walk across the field to get with Sean McDermott, that this game would have been played, and now it, it took him. It took him. Uh, Troy Vincent didn't speak until 1 a.m. You talk about being briefed. Can you imagine what he was told by NFL lawyers and NFL people? During a conference call with only the esteemed members of the national media, you're going to be asked this question, this question, this question, and this question. This is how you answer this question, this question, this question, and this question. It was totally gutless by the NFL last night. And Roger Goodell, what does he make? $46 million? $56 million? Okay. What does he do? What does Roger Goodell do? So, really disappointed. I know I've gotten away from the meat of the story, and that is the young man, DeMar Hamlin, and, you know, I, I don't know what else to say there. He's under the best possible care that, that, he, that he can be. Uh, some of this stuff to me is beyond nauseating. Bart Scott today blamed T. Higgins. <sighs> Come on, Bart. You're a linebacker. You know this game. With T. Higgins, we see that in every high school, college, and pro game that, that we watch on a week to week basis. You, you're really going to blame T. Higgins for this hit? It, you know, I was also last night so disappointed. And J.J., I want you to give me your opinion on this. I was so disappointed. The Skip Bayless tweet almost became bigger than the actual tragedy with DeMar Hamlin. I don't hate Skip Bayless, but I know this. I, I learned many, 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 many moons ago. He is a complete, total sellout. He makes... Enormous amounts of money to say things that'll drive people crazy. So I don't follow him. I didn't tweet him. I didn't tweet about him because that would just give him more credit. But you got everyone from Des Bryant to Terrell Owens to all of these people across the country retweeting his comment and then adding Their comment, how Skip should be... Skip was on today. Again, I didn't know until I got on the Twitter machine and I saw it. You know, when we have these... And this is a bad analogy, but let me give it to you. You know, when we have these awful terrorist attacks, you know, there are certain publications or certain entities that refuse to put a picture of that person um, because...
2: Absolutely.
0: Because they don't want to give him what he really wants, and that's the credit, where the victims, there should be the, the pictures of the victims, all right, the, the innocent that was lost. But it's always the spree shooter, you know, the obsessed individual who, who committed a massive wrong. That's what Skip Bayless is. He's a guy that's going to say anything in the world to get him attention, and it's worked hand over fist on this story.
2: I also think it was very hypocritical of a lot of people jumping on that tweet because he's talking about something that we're talking about all day today, which is when should we play the game? Should they have played the game? What's up with the game? Like, they just didn't like that he did it so quickly, I guess, and it's easy to dunk all over Skip Bayless. But, I mean, I'm sorry, but – if you go by my group text, and uh, probably the majority of people, they're all wondering the same thing. Like, is the game going to happen? I, like it. Yes, it's terrible that this is happening to the guy, but to act like that's not something people are worried about or concerned about is being disingenuous. I'm sorry. The normal football, you know, regular Joe football fan wanted to know what was up with the game last night, and they still do. Uh, and... And the NFL, by the way, still has nothing to say about that. Things they are, came out with some yeah. like weird statement today that they're not canceling the game, but they're postponing it to a later date. It's like there is no later date. Like, <laughs> hey, you listen, had to play that game today. The first you didn't you let the Bills go home?
0: Well, you screwed up. I I think it's fair to say this. If someone else put out that tweet, what would the react? If I put out that tweet, would I have been fired? No. If someone at this radio station no. would they have been fired? Skip Bayless, his ma Skip Bayless is a guy that you're going to get so much reaction for him because he does this daily. is the heel, right? He does this all terms. the time, exactly. So if it was another member of the media,
2: people I, would be like, "Oh, that's a little too soon." But yeah, like, but yeah, the I'll hate agree with that. he was getting was like over the top. It was annoying. It was almost like, "Oh, so now you guys are trying to get points." For going, you know, for being the guy who, quote, tweets him. Which, by the way, I, I, like you, had the volume off. I had the Sopranos on the big screen. My laptop was on the game. And, by the way, through halfway through season four, phenomenal show. Um, and I'm like, wow, what's going on? Like, this is taking a long time. I, this guy must have really got messed up. I thought it was a head injury for, like, the longest time. And then when I realized it wasn't a head injury... And I knew the political implications of a guy, you know, falling down and heart stuff. I didn't get on Twitter until this morning. I couldn't. I was like, I already know what's going to happen. The takes are going to be hot. And nobody really knows what happened. We still don't know what happened. Right. So I just, sometimes you just got to stay off that app, man. No,
0: you're right. It's a vicious app. And, you know, I... (sighs)
2: It drives people insane. Here I am. I
0: I just fell into it. I just gave Skip what he wanted. I I just gave him his five, six minutes worth of attention. I, I imagine he feels he's getting that in every NFL market today. Every NFL market today has talked about Skip Bayless. So Skip Bayless won, okay? But I refuse to do anything on Twitter with that a night ago, and, and that's the point I'm trying to make here. The only way that's ever going to go away is to not retweet his comments, not respond to his comments, and, and I don't know if that's ever, in fact, going to
2: work. Now, I should probably read the tweet for our listeners. Like, not everyone's on Twitter. Honestly, the reaction is, you would think he said something worse, but here's what he said. It's because it's him. Exactly. He's asking a question. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to do my best to defend Skip Bayless here. No doubt the NFL, this is him, no doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of the game. But how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. What in that tweet is wrong? You know what Skip Bayless did last night? What
0: Roger Goodell did last night with the higher ups in the NFL did last night they said this is multi billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars these are two of the top three teams in the AFC playing for maybe a number one seed in a bye this game has incredible importance why do you think it took them an hour and 5 minutes to call it off exactly okay but okay Bayless is evil here. He's created. He's the Charles Manson of sports <laughs> media. He, he's created that. He's also brilliant in a lot of ways because he had the whatever you want to call it to come out and make this comment. Where I'm, sh- you just mentioned your personal text, your group text. Mm-hmm. I don't play fantasy football. I don't bet. I'm sure there's a lot of people across the country right now that won't put their name out there, but they're like, "Wait a minute, now oh, yeah. I had Cincinnati in the points
2: last That's night." What or all this was a miracle. About, about our fantasy what about football my fa- championship? It's cruel. It is cruel, but, it's, but to act like people aren't worried about that stuff, you're you're living in they a different are. universe. They are. So, like, yeah, it's easy for. You know, all these blue checkmark people and former athletes to, like, jump on Skip Bayless. But it's like, hey, I'm sorry, guys, but that, that's what pays your salary is the fact that everyone cares about fantasy. You know, the fact that everyone watches these games. And it's not—Skip never said in the tweet they should play the game tonight. He never said that.
0: No, he, instead he was, what are they going to do? Exactly. And what has the NFL Which done? we were all
2: sort of They've wondering done nothing. That.
0: They've done nothing.
2: He also said at the end of the tweet, it seems so irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So I, I was sort of, when I saw, because you, know, you see how many quote tweets compared to retweets someone has, and you can tell, like, oh, people really hate this take. Before you even read it. So he had like 77,000 quote tweets, only 4,000 retweets. So I'm thinking he said something heinous. And I look at him like, okay. I mean, yeah, I guess it's a little too soon But How many that. of those
0: people say, right, fire him, fire him, fire him. He earned himself more money. Uh, from what I understand, his partner didn't even show up today.
2: I heard that.
0: Okay. Now, uh, you know, I, I'm again, sure
2: Skip will be fine. I
0: don't watch. I do not watch. Neither do I. Because it's crap.
2: Yeah. It really it. is. I also don't watch the one on ESPN with I Stephen A. I don't watch a. any I, of it. None and of it. I
0: haven't for the longest period of time because I, I understand what they are doing. I think there are times in this, in this business that every once in a while we do something because you want some reaction to it, all right? But doing it on a consistent basis, uh, you know, his. The stuff he said about the King forever, LeBron forever. I mean, you just can't believe anything uh, that he said. It's an act. But the point is, okay, he called out. It was an indirect way of calling out the NFL. And I just can't believe how many people want this man gone. They want this man fired uh, for what, in fact, he said, it, I think if it was anyone else, it probably would have been a, why don't you be a little bit more sensitive here, man? Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you show a little bit of respect? Look at how these players are reacting. It's It's you know, his life is more important than again. But this is the one guy. This was the Howard Stern, all right, who who went out and, and said it. And that is why you got the reaction. And the only reason why I'm raising it, is because it got as much, or if not more, reaction than the actual story on the field.
2: This tweet has 153 million views.
0: So who's the big winner?
2: Skip Bayless was the big winner. How many people tuned into his show this morning? Troy because Aikman. Of that? Troy so Aikman many.
0: came right out and went crazy when Fox hired him. This guy came out and, and questioned Troy Aikman's sexual orientation. I used to be really tight with Jay Mariotti, who was the columnist, lead columnist for the Chicago, Trib, uh, Chicago Sun-Times when Skip Bayless was in town and was the lead columnist of the Chicago Tribune. They had a major feud. I mean, and the late Chet Kopik, who I worked with, used to have Bayless on once, once a weekend. And every once in a while, I'd fill in for Chet. And So I've talked with Skip Bayless, I'm guessing maybe... Five, six times in my life. And he was always very opinionated, but he wasn't a sellout the way that he is now. He's making himself millions and millions of dollars a year by saying things that you are not going to believe. Or mm-hmm. say, saying things that will make you say They'll he piss did what. Off. Yeah. So I guess by trying to make a point of what you shouldn't do, I indirectly did it myself okay I've now turned this into a 10 minute plus conversation on Skip Bayless (laughs) and yeah I mean he he's the winner of last night is Skip Bayless say what you want he's not gonna lose his job he's gonna make more money okay and as cruel as it may sound that is the case I you know, I'm just glad I didn't retweet it. I'm glad I didn't comment on it. Even people that I know around here in town, like, if you don't want Bayless to get the credit, you know, don't retweet it. Don't say... Well, when you put it out there, you think people are going to be like, hmm, I'm I, you know, I like this guy, so I won't go near anything Skip Bayless had to say. Or do you think they're going to be like, what did Skip Bayless say? Let me go find I'll him go search on it. Twitter. It's the... It's the opposite effect, and that is what has happened. All right, let's grab some of your feedback on this. six four We'll grab some calls tonight. Also on the Jags, who all of a sudden have been pushed to the back burner, and we understand why after what has happened last night. Also, the passing of Uche Wanare over the weekend is absolutely horrifying for those of you who knew Uche, whether you met him or talked to him personally or perhaps interacted with him. On social media, he was very active uh, with Jaguar fans and so remained a huge Jaguar fan long after his playing days. We got much more to do. We got to get caught up on a break, but we're with you tonight till 10 o'clock. Then it'll be Hacker Nation.
1: Into the Night with Rick Balloon on 10 Tags 925 FM.
0: Total domination coming up this Saturday night. Pound your chest. If you don't have one, buy one. They're available. That's chests I'm talking about. I don't know about tickets. And don't ask me. No. Your answer is no. (laughs) I don't have any tickets uh, for you. We're we're actually going to be getting into uh, some Jaguar talk here in our second hour. You know, it, it just came to me. During the break. And this is really what I want to say. There are millions who are crushing Skip Bayless, who want him fired. Where are those millions to Roger Goodell? Where are they? This guy, honestly, and to some extent, I can understand why. There is enormous pressure on him, and there was enormous pressure on him, for that game to be played. We've never seen anything like this. Took an hour and five minutes, and now they're lying. Troy Vincent, I mean, who are you going to believe here? The NFL, or are you going to blame ESPN, which immediately came out with their report that they got from their constant communication with the NFL and what they got from the officials on the field? Who are you going to believe?
2: Yeah, are you going to believe the organization that's consistently lied to you for the last 20-plus years or Joe Buck?
0: I mean, just look at the paper trail. I, how much more respect would NFL fans have had for Roger Goodell if he stepped up and said, Deshaun Watson, screw the appeal. You're suspended for this amount of games. And grab the gavel And smacked the stand. But no, 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 no. Rogers said, oh, let's hire this man. Let's hire this woman. Judge, former judge. He passes the buck. He did the same thing last night. He wanted this game to be played because he's got 32 owners out there who want to get paid. And the importance of this game was, I mean, it was a monster. This wasn't Houston. Uh, You know, playing
2: Indianapolis
0: Yeah This is a monster game So he sends Troy Vincent But that's my point on this Where's the anger there? He didn't handle Spygate right He didn't handle Deflategate right What has he handled right? I mean, this guy had the audacity last year To tell us by adding a game going from 16 to 17, that there were actually less concussions. Percentage, how did he come up with that data? I mean, think about that. He's trying to sell you, the consumer, the NFL fan, that by playing more games, there's going to be less concussions. And what do they do on top of that? They add two wildcard playoff games this year, which is great for us. We're fans. This is what we want. Give
2: us more. Joseph we, Stalin was like <laughs> well, was impressed by that level of propaganda by Goodell. Like that was an outrageous take last year. You know year what about Roger, concussions. Goodell,
0: Roger. Goodell's become like this, hey, blew me on draft day.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost become like, like he's, a skit
0: for He's him. become a caricature of himself. Yeah, you know, let's have fun. But when he comes down to it, look at what he's doing here. I was at the Daytona 500 when Dale died. Okay, that was the last lap of the race.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, was it WrestleMania or a big pay per view when Owen Hart fell out of the st- stadium and they
2: finished the show? And they
0: finished the show.
2: Although they've gotten destroyed for that.
0: Absolutely. But you know what? All of that blame went to who? Vince McMahon. The blame of last night's games going to Skip Bayless.
2: Goodell's loving that.
0: It's going to Skip Bayless. It's not going to Roger Goodell. Okay? Mike Silver, again, is one of the best that you will find in the national football. And there's so many like this out there that are saying the exact same thing. Let me read Silver again. Quote, I've talked to enough people involved, and this is how it went down. The NFL's first impulse was to keep playing. Joe Burrow was told to warm up. That was the plan. And then the players and coaches said no and walked up. Roger Goodell told the officials to tell the coaches and players that the game was going to continue. And now they're lying about it. They're covering it up. And they walk out Troy Vincent to answer the questions Troy Vincent
2: to- it-, it really like, is Isn't he involved Isn't he like in charge of disciplinary stuff? He is. Like what is w- w- this isn't his thing. There he's was the executive discipline uh, about this. This is we need to talk to the boss. We need to hear from the guy. We see
0: I think he's the executive vice president of football operations okay, so Bigger
2: than I thought. I I, I thought that they brought him in as like the, you know, we're going to try to be fair about suspensions That's
0: exactly what he is. Mm -hmm. He is currently the executive vice president of football operations. Okay. His right-hand man. How tough of a job is that for him?
2: Well, he's the fall guy, apparently.
0: I mean, where in the hell is Roger Goodell? When Bud Seagley said the game's over and it's a tie, Bud Seeley. he became, was at
2: the stadium at least. He became
0: know? the blame. He he be, he became the blame game. He answered the he
2: answered he the, the freaking decision.
0: questions.
2: Yes,
0: Gary Bettman, who I despised during the strike, during during the canceled season of the NFL, he's there and he answered. So what Roger Goodell is going to do now is have his one state of the NFL address a day or two before the Super Bowl. Where it's going to be, again, be a total dog and pony show.
2: And by that time, this story will be out of the news cycle. Like, he's going to get asked about it, but probably, like, two questions. Give the people what they want, some honesty. I mean, just stand up and answer.
0: I I, I mean, even if, worst case scenario, even if Roger Goodell said, listen, we have never seen anything like this, we should have reacted this way people people would empathize with that will accept your attempt for forgiveness or that you made a mistake now we have this is watergate this is a massive cover-up by the nfl the nfl's in bed with disney they're in bed with espn it's one of their biggest surprise I mean right there with NBC and and now these you know everything that's streaming and CBS and Fox You think Joe Buck was going to go You think, you think Joe, Joe Buck, Buck went rogue <laughs> Hey, you know what? Watch Let's this, get this one. thing started. I'm going to get my name in the newspaper. <laughs> the game's going to start again in 5 minutes. Of course Joe Buck was
2: sourced who's been the most professional broadcaster the last 30 years would put his you know his whole career on the line to say something like that it
0: doesn't matter the nf the nfl is not going to lose one fan over this no we told we were told that they were going to lose fans over kneeling we were told that they were going to lose fans over whenever anything else comes up that's they're not going to lose any fans they're all going to come back you're all going to come back for one step up and admit that this caught you totally off guard. You were not prepared for something like this. And there was a protocol that you had to go to. Until they're, they're trying to sell us on the National Football League players. Oh, we had to be in contact with it. The NFLP. there's not a player alive who thought that this game should have been played. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. We kept dialing, but it was a busy, busy... I mean...
2: Couldn't get a hold of I
0: mean, it's just so... It's so bad. It's so wrong. Gosh, man. And then you're running your... Roger Goodell... What does he make? $50, $60 million? And he runs and he hides. All right. You want to comment on that, you can. I've kind... I'm kind of... I've about had it. Is there anything else you want to add to this? No, that's it. I I want to move on because I think the Jaguars are, are, are taking Tennessee to the woodshed. And I'm telling you right now to make plans not only for Saturday night, but next weekend as well, to host the playoff game. I know in some circles it's a little insensitive just to move on, but I think I've said all I can about how furious I am with Roger Goodell and the National Football League, about how Skip Bayless became, you know he he became the, the the marked man here. We need someone to blame. Let's divert all our attention to this media member uh, because of the comments that he made. I just don't understand the why uh, you know how you people are thinking at this point. Go to the top. Go to the major problem. That is the commissioner. Of the NFL, the NFL, which once again is going to totally flourish. They are such hypocrites and we accept it. That's the point. We accept it. Again, they're telling you that they care, yet they add regular season games. They tell you that they care, yet they add playoff games. They tell you that they care, yet they put the Jaguars up, you know, a night earlier. So they can get a Saturday night prime time game. Right. The Jaguars now only get five. I mean, they they tell you that they don't get, they care about money.
2: And as the viewers, we're enablers. Yeah, and is we're, we're enabling the drug addict that is. It the It is. NFL.
0: It's kind of like the old days of the gladiators. It's kind of like you know what? Just walk out the players and, oh, he's hurt too bad. Oh, he's hurt too bad. And I'm not saying that's the case here about DeMar Hamlin, but when you're Cam Robinson, you're out with the mizkiss. Next up. When you're Ben Barnes and you go out with it, next up. When you're Duan Smoot and you go out with it, next up. Yeah, we're upset for a moment, maybe a little bit more, of that, but it's next up. It's amazing how it is. All right, second hour
1: coming up. Into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL, 92.5 FM.
0: All right, Jacksonville a winner,
1: 31-3 over the Houston Texans.
0: They snap yet another streak, this time nine in a row. They have been on the other side, as we know, and those days are gone. Next up, Saturday night, 8-15. Jacksonville open as a seven-point favorite. A little bit of Tennessee money down to six and a half The total is down as well but around 41 it's now 40 overall points uh, let me say this and JJ you know that because you you are here with me every night that again I'll admit I'll admit to when I was wrong I, I thought this season was over after the Detroit okay I mean didn't we all I let's move on from there I've watched this team evolve and I've watched what has happened. And the last few weeks, brother, let me tell you something. I've been red hot. I've watched Tennessee play every week. They suck. Okay? I absolutely called that they would go to Tennessee and slaughter them. I absolutely called that Houston would knock off Tennessee. And that J- And I, I hate playing the role of, oh, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. You never get this opportunity when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. You just don't. In 1996, I said they wouldn't win a game the rest of the year if they won seven straight. Went to an AFC Championship game. 2017 was a weird year. They turned it around, but they lost their last two regular season games before winning a 10-3 game here and then winning Perhaps one of the most entertaining games in the history of the franchise that was in Pittsburgh during the divisional round. This thing is building week after week after week after week. And why? And while this thing is building, Tennessee, I don't even want to say they're sinking. They, they're sunk. They're done. They, they have no pulse. This is an organization that from the moment they fired their general manager, all they have done is lose ball games, and they're an injured football team. They are the worst-scoring offense. I don't care what the numbers say. I'm telling you what they do on a week-to-week basis. They put up 13 last week against the Cowboys, 14 last week against the Texans, 14 the week prior to that against the Chargers. They put up 22 against the Jags. They put up 10 the week prior to that to Philadelphia. They put up 16 the week prior to that to Cincinnati, they have lost six straight games. They're dead. So, for one of the first times in my life now, I'm pounding my chest, and I'm throwing it out there, and for the record, I'm going to continue to throw it out there tomorrow and Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to my Twitter followers. And and, and most like it and are with it, but I'm surprised... That there's a there's a group. There are people out there who don't like this. They're, they're telling me I'm jinxing things. They're telling me that I'm affecting things. They're telling me uh, that I'm really not a fan. That I'm trying to troll Jacksonville. And I told you, one guy out there even said I'm I'm really a Tennessee fan. Um, Love that. My comments on Twitter or on this radio show have, have no
1: effect
0: on the football game. Do you think the 53-man roster in Nashville right now is tuned into this show saying, can you believe what Baloo is saying over in Duval about us? We don't have- you, think the mem- you think Trevor Lawrence, uh, oh, let's listen to what Baloo's saying. To- oh my- Baloo thinks we don't even have to show up.
2: Practice is canceled this week, fellas. Yeah,
0: Blue thinks we can be like, who was who the um, uh, Robinson, the guy who didn't tie his shoelaces? Uh, the offensive weapon that the Jaguars. Allen Robinson? No, no, no. The former Michigan quarterback, Denard Robinson. Oh, Denard yeah. shoelaces. I, I can see Jaguar uh, Jaguar players are driving around and I say, blue so calm, We don't even have to tie our shoes this week. I mean, just show up and win. You
2: know, let's start Bethard. You know, save, you know. It has no effect. I think they would probably beat the Titans with Bethard starting. It has
0: zero effect, okay? Here's what I'm telling you. I have never been so confident in anything in my life. You have two teams that are going in complete opposite directions. And I have people saying to me, well, you know, look what happened back in, uh, look what happened to the, the Broncos back in 96 when Woody Page made the Jaguars comment. I'm like, wait a minute. That's a totally different situation. Was Denver the better team? Sure. Was Denver the favored team? Sure. Was Denver playing at home? Sure. Had the Jaguars won six in a row? We're talking about a franchise now in Tennessee that has lost six in a row. People will say, what about the 2000 season, Baloo? Well, the 2000 season when they lost to Tennessee, Tennessee beat them three times. Tennessee came one yard short of winning a Super Bowl. That was a great Tennessee football team. Jacksonville was a great football team. I happen to believe that if they faced the Rams, Jacksonville would have won. That's not the case here. Understand what I'm saying. Josh Dobbs is your starting quarterback. This team is totally beaten up.
2: Josh Dobbs, who they just had to sign like two weeks ago. They can't score, J.J., this football team cannot score. If Trevor scores three touchdowns, or if the Jags score three touchdowns, this game's a wrap. I mean, even 17 points, I don't know if Tennessee's going to be able to get there. Honestly, there's a reason why this game isn't Sunday night football. Like, It's because Tennessee's that bad that the NFL did not want to put them on national TV. I mean, they ended up doing that with Saturday night. I guess you have to put it on Some primetime slot because it is a winner-take-all, but this is a bad, bad, bad Tennessee team. I I would say they're the worst team in the NFL right now. I don't even think there's a close second. The Texans, I I guess, who they just beat.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be saying this if it was most teams in the NFL. I'm saying this because of the opponent. Right. This team is awful, right? This team is totally done. In Nashville. The 88 46 is blue. You guys at 10 10 are going to doom the Jags against Tennessee. Almost all of you have the Jags crushing Tennessee. I want to believe, but as a lifelong Vikings fan, I have to be equally skeptical of our Jaguars. They are who they thought they were. There you go. I mean, I mean I can't believe that you think a member of the media affects the out, the outcome of the game. And I did. did Woody Page did the Jaguars comment? That was a different time. I don't. I I don't know. I, I I don't know what to make of uh to make of that. I I remember a few years ago. Still having the Boston background when Dan Shaughnessy wrote an article about Houston coming into New England and how you know New England didn't even have to wake up, show up, they would win that game, which they did. But a lot of people got upset with Dan Shaughnessy. That's I, when, like,
2: columnists had a lot of power. Right, 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 right. You right. know, like, if you were the lead columnist in your sports section, you were the number one guy in the market, like, uh, sports opinion-wise. Like, you're really the only thing that people saw if you didn't have a local radio station. So. Yeah, in nineteen ninety, whatever, when uh, he made that Jaguars comment, yeah, it—I guess it meant a little bit more back then than it would now.
0: I was wrong in ninety-six, and I admitted I was wrong. In two thousand, I kind of rolled with the punches. I honestly don't remember who I picked in the AFC Championship game in the year two thousand. Two weeks a couple weeks later, I went to Chicago for seven years, but I know what it's been like around here. Even that 2017 season was a game by game situation. Absolutely. All right. I was in Fox Pearl when they practiced in August when, what was it, Brandon Albert um, didn't show up and they announced that Cam Robinson was the starting left tackle and Tom Coughlin spoke with us. And you just watched the. 90 guys that New England had and the 90 guys that Jacksonville had on the practice field for a couple of days, and it was it was laughable. There was talk that the Jaguars are going to make a deal for Jimmy Garoppolo, who was backing up Brady. And and, and I remember you know kind of the mocking boss in the yeah we'll see you back here for the AFC Championship game. And sure enough, it happened. I mean, it was a total shock. That 2017 season snuck up on everyone. Ever since then, I come in here 300 nights a year, man, and it's, it's doom and it's gloom. Dare I pound my chest for once and come on out and say, enjoy this, you are going to slaughter Tennessee. And I'm getting pushback. I, you know, I mean, I'm getting, pu- it's like, what's wrong with you, Baloo? You're going to jinx things. What's wrong with you, believe? You're secretly not a Jag, are you? I mean, are you kidding me? You think I like coming in here Monday after Monday after Monday with the Jaguars losing? Hell no. I'm being loud for one of the first times in my life when it comes to being overly positive about this franchise. I would think you'd love it. If you want to blame me because they lose, fine. I guess, you know, here's a guy who says here, uh, Baloo, you have... <clears throat> Baloo, don't discount Don't discount your powers, Rick, uh, whether he's mocking me or not. Now, I do know in 96, there were members of that locker room, because that was when Mike Bianchi was the lead columnist here for the Florida Times Union, and he put it right on the front page, what I said. He, he used to do a a, a column that would have little little snippets of you know, 10, 12 different topics or whatever, and, and he put it out there. And I will say this, but back then it was like everyone found the newspaper. Today there's like so much to go through. There's so many opinions online. Yeah, too. I mean, I, everyone's got an opinion now that I, I, I think a lot of stuff only gets – I think these players may go and look for certain stuff, but back then, the the sports page was going to be delivered to you. It was there. Nowadays,
2: yeah. you see the fans literally talking right to you. Yeah. Like on your account. Right. Back then, it was more like, oh, the local media is saying this about me. Now, it's like, oh, these fans are literally saying this to me.
0: Yeah. But back in 96, now, there were certainly players in that locker room who knew exactly what I said. Yeah. And they would get on me about it. And... So I I don't know maybe I'm maybe I am being uh somewhat of a a hypocrite here but I'm not doing it because I need attention for crying out loud <laughs> I mean Or cuz you're a Titans fan uh, secretly Those days are done okay I mean I'm not I'm just I'm trying to tell you that this is a party okay Enjoy the party Jacksonville is going to kick the living snot out of Tennessee. Enjoy the part. If I'm wrong, then crush me. I can't see how I'm wrong. I haven't bet in 10 years. I am so, so ready to just, I mean, put the mortgage on this game. That's how confident I am. I, I, I'm seeing in front of my eyes, and you are too. A team that is getting better week after week after week. Hey, LeVon Jason, probably had the best game of his career. Travis Etienne, a little bit of doubt, okay. Yeah, look at what he ended up doing. Marvin Jones Jr. got totally involved with the game. Uh, everything that we're seeing, guys who are filling in for others who have been injured. Juwan Taylor not on the injury reports. As a matter of fact, I have an updated one that just came in today because the game, of course, got moved to Saturday. There's an injury report here on this Tuesday. Uh, Jawan Taylor's not on it. He was on, on it last week. The only addition that I can see is Rayshawn Jenkins with a shoulder. So. Those who have listened to me for a long time, you, you know this isn't a bit. You know I wouldn't be doing this unless I really believed it. And I do believe it. I think they're going to crush Tennessee. I, I really did. As a matter of fact, I mean, I'm going to give my official score on Friday. When we make our picks. But right now, I, I, I want to tell you that this is going to be like a 34-10 to 10 football game. All right? That's what, I'm, that's what I'm smelling right now. 34-10. Total destruction by Jacksonville. So you can come along with me or... You can go run and go hide and, you know, bite your nails and worry and think about what happened in 2000, and
2: you can do all that. You? I want to take a break.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what's been great about this show tonight? We are so overdue. (laughs) I could have done a two-hour show tonight without one freaking commercial break. It's unbelievable.
2: I mean, I love it. I do. We I- haven't even begun to sniff the fact that there was two of the greatest oh. semifinal games ever played last
0: week. Yeah, we'll hit that probably tomorrow. Yeah. But I do need to take a break. I'm way, way past the deadline.
1: Into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: All right, with the Jaguars game being moved to Saturday night... Obviously, today they practiced on a Tuesday instead of getting an off day. Uh, Trevor Lawrence on the injury report, he didn't practice today with the toe. That's a third consecutive Tuesday, if I am remembering correctly here, that he has not gone with the toe, and he's been fine. All right. Andrew Wingard, a shoulder, limited today. Trayvon Walker came back with the ankle after missing a couple of ball games, limited today. Ross Matasik, the long snapper and or deep snapper. Are you, are you going with long or deep?
2: I've always been a long snapper guy.
0: Me, I'm kind of a deep. <laughs> I, I kind of like to, yeah. So on this show, you'll be JJ Long, and I'll be Ricky Deep.
2: <laughs> that sounds like a totally different type of club, I, guy. I
0: know, and I would only say that at 9.36 uh, at <laughs> on a Tuesday. I don't think I would say that at 6.06 on a Wednesday. Which will be with you tomorrow, by the way, sixth day. Hey, Thursday, Mister Chubby's um, Thursday, sixth. Where are you at, Duval? I mean, you've been great all year. I, I got two for one drafts. I got two for one pitchers, domestic. That includes Miller Lite. I got three dollar wells. I got three dollar wines. I expect to see you out of Mister Chubby's six to eight on Thursday. I mean, it, this party, it's. It's not beginning Saturday at 2 or 3 or 4. It should be going on for you folks all
2: week. I'm in the middle of it right now. God, yep. having that day off yesterday.
0: All these people want to begin diets and all that stuff. Start your diet when the liquid diet. when the Jaguar season ends.
2: Yeah,
0: That should be your date. The
2: day after the Super Bowl.
0: Last two years, we were talking about the number one pick right now. How cool is it not even to... We, we we haven't even looked at the draft. We haven't even looked at free agency. You know, that talk today about the new stadium and the upgrades and everything that's going on, it, it just, it really feels like this thing is turning. And again, I'm still confused because after what they did in Detroit, I still don't understand how this switch was flipped. So much of it is about the quarterback. It's obvious. But the coaching has gotten better. And, you know, I think as a team, I think they believe in one. I think they believe in this staff. Brandon Sheriff. Uh, By the way, it is a back uh, for Ross Matasik, the the long and or deep snapper. He didn't go today. Brandon Sheriff, the abdomen and ankle, did not practice. Big Foley didn't go today with the ankle. Actually, he was limited, excuse me. And as far as I know, the only addition to the injury report, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the program, Rayshon Jenkins with a shoulder, limited. He has had a monster year. It's another part of this whole thing that it's, you know, it, it almost felt like forever you could just write these shows. And they were, they were standard.
2: They, they like just, evergreen.
0: Right. I mean, it was just basically, I right, f- fill in the date, fill in the score, and go through the obligatory, well, you know, the 2021 defensive free agents, they won't be around next year. This is the end of Shaq Griffin, Roy Robertson-Harris, and Rayshon Jenkins. All of a sudden now it's like, well, hold on here now. <laughs> Rayshon J, Roy Robertson-Harris all of a sudden is playing some better football. Got a big cap number next year, but, you know, Rayshon Jenkins, to me, the two guys that I would re-sign are, are Evan Ingram and Rayshon Jenkins, and and I know that, or at least I believe that the biggest decision this organization's going to have to make is right tackle. I tend to believe that they're going to re-sign Juwan Taylor. I wouldn't. I wouldn't re-sign him. But then again, I wouldn't re-sign Cam. I just, that's just my...
2: Uh, Rayshawn is under <laughs> contract for next year. He is. We just assumed he would have been cut. Right. Uh, but it, let's He is.
0: It. Yep. Evan had a one-year show-me deal. This is – next year will be year three for – as I've said, again, part of an Evergreen show, how many times this year have I said if you were to cut those three players this year, let's say during June, July, August, it would have cost the organization $42 million in dead money. Next year, if you cut those three players, it'll cost them less than $10 million. Yeah, in exactly.
2: Money. Jenkins is just two. So he's, he's cheap to cut, but if he's playing great, you want to bring him back.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he's a guy right there that, that believes that um, you know he's earned a payday. Uh, Baloo, there's nothing more annoying than the Jenks guy. None of us have any impact on the game. We can say what we want. There is no jinx. Let me tell you who it affects. Peeps who are of the lowest common denominator. Okay? They believe that. Every game, that, again, and we have witnessed this with social media. Every game that we cover, every game that we watch, people believe that broadcasters have an effect on the game. Okay? Uh, The officials, okay, that's a totally different story. But it doesn't matter what is said. I mean, everyone from Bobby Bowden on has ever said that all of that bulletin board material, it's gone. And, you know, I, I remember being my sophomore year at Florida State when Florida State came out with that stupid rap video. With Deion Sanders and Odell Hagens and Peter Tom Willis. And they lost 31-0 to Miami in 1988. Did they lose that game because of the rap video? No, they lost that game because they were overconfident. They had lost the year prior by a point. They figured they were the better team. And Miami slaughtered them. That bulletin board stuff, and certainly stuff that the media says, I, I just can't believe it has any effect on the game. That's my opinion on it. I, I may be wrong. 73 seventy three forty one, Blue. Uh, only worry is hometown badass. Spoiler Yuli Bulldozer. Please go, Jags. Don't forget to show up. Yep. He had 96 yards in the first quarter. Right, They were up 7-0 in 14-7. Totally went away. Two yards in the second half. And I know they didn't run them in the second half. You know why they didn't run them in the second half? Because they made the game one-dimensional. Tennessee can't. Listen, Derrick Henry's going to have a day. My, my, if, if I was betting on this, and I'm not, but if you set the line at 100 yards, yeah, I would say, yeah. Derrick Henry's going north of 100. But how many yards is Josh Dobbs going to pass for on Saturday night? And what happens to Tennessee if Jacksonville goes up by 10 points? All of a sudden, you're up by two possessions. Do you think that this Tennessee offense is patient enough where they're just going to keep running Derrick Henry? And obviously, Jacksonville is going to make adjustments and understand that he is who he is. He is tremendous. But you have the opportunity now to hedge your bets a little bit and do whatever it takes. Man, I'm looking forward to sitting next to Dave Campbell on Saturday night for this game because that, that brain, that defensive mind, in-game, to be able to talk with him in between every play about the adjustments that Jacksonville is making is um, – honestly, it's the next best thing besides being on the field as a sideline reporter. He's hyped, bro. Oh.
2: Trust me. Talk to him today. I'm thrilled.
0: He's hyped. I'm thrilled about that. Really. I mean, I've learned so much about defense this year. Sitting next to Dave Campo, it is a pleasure. So, and Jacksonville's made some real serious adjustments here. You know, I mean, we didn't see adjustments with Todd Wash, and Joe Cohen was kind of a lost season. And you know, I understand it was a bad start this year for Mike Caldwell, but he he all of a sudden has pushed some right buttons. So yeah, I mean, slow him down. We need to take another break, don't we? Let's do that right now. We run until ten again, six to eight the rest of the week. Tomorrow, Friday, uh, tomorrow, Thursday and Friday. Thursday, Mr. Chubby's
1: Wings, Ponavida. Into the night with Rick Balu on 1010 XL 92.5 FM. All right, great question here by the 6709 Balu. Would you bring Caldwell back as the
0: defense coordinator? Let me tell you, five weeks ago, I would have fired him. Right now, I think it's. Um, I think he's improved tremendously. I think he was totally overwhelmed early. I've been asked him about the green dot. And he couldn't even give me an answer. He was like so secretive. It was like Coughlin, Belichick esque. And he's improved. I I I wonder. I still wonder if this defense now is what we are going to see as far as the defense of the future. Is it more of a four three style defense? That's to de- to be determined. I'm I'm not as um. I'm not as confident in the defensive staff, certainly as I am in the offensive staff. I don't want any of those offensive coaches to go. And as you know, coaches have gone on a year-to-year basis here because of failure. When you start winning, coaches get snatched up. What if someone comes calling for Press Taylor? What if someone comes calling for Mike McCoy or Jim Bob Cooter? I, I think that entire with Doug Peterson has been phenomenal. Now the other side could be if let's say Zach Taylor gets a, an opportunity somewhere. Would Will Doug Peterson go bring in Frank Reich? You don't know the answer to that question.
2: I would be shocked if they got rid of Caldwell. Not so, I would <clears throat> probably still get rid of him, but I, at this point they're bringing everybody back unless they get another gig. I would assume
0: when they came back against
2: was it old was it Vegas? They were down seventeen against Oakland or uh, Vegas. Yeah.
0: Mary made the comments. It's about it's about all the players, about all the coaches. It was a huge sign of support by yes. by Doug Peterson during during a downtime. Uh, I just had my shortest answer ever on Twitter. Came from some guy by the name of Aiden. Come on, moms and dads, give,
2: give be give, better.
0: Give your kid a chance for crying out loud. You know, a kid by the name of Aiden. You know, he's getting the tar beaten out of him. Having his lunch money stuck. Give your kid a chance, all right? Aiden. Aiden asked me, are you stupid? I simply responded with, no. This is the shortest answer I've ever given on Twitter. If you want to get a hold of me, that's the only way you can now. Because the show is over. It's Balu 1010 xl on Twitter. Tomorrow night, 6 to 8, along with JJ. I am Rick Baloo. We'll talk then. Hackers up right now.